Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Neurological Disorder Podcast. I'm your host, Merdula Barthi. On today's episode, I'll be interviewing Hasitha Illa, a fighter of Friedrich's ataxia. Friedrich's ataxia is an inherited and degenerative nerve disease that causes progressive damage to the nervous system. It damages the spinal cord, peripheral nerves, which are all the nerves that lie outside the brain and spinal cord, and the cerebellum which is the part of your brain that is located at the back of your skull and is mainly responsible for maintaining balance and coordinating motor movements. This is why individuals with Friedrich's ataxia typically have impaired muscle coordination, called ataxia, that worsens over time. So what causes this condition? Well, there's a gene in your body called the FXN gene, and it carries the genetic code to make a protein called frataxin. Frataxin is found in the mitochondria of cells, which is the part of your cell that produces energy. However, in Friedrich's ataxia, individuals inherit two defective copies of the FXN gene, one from each parent. This causes a decrease in the amount of frataxin protein, so the mitochondria of certain cells in the body, especially the spinal cord, brain, heart muscle cells, and peripheral nerves, cannot produce energy as efficiently. Also, iron may build up in the mitochondria and react with oxygen, So free radicals, which are unstable molecules, can be produced, which can also harm the body. So what are the signs and symptoms of Friedrich's ataxia? Some signs include unsteady movements and impaired muscle coordination that gradually worsens over time. Also, impaired sensory functions, like a loss of sensation in the arms and legs, may be present and slowly spread to the trunk and other body parts. Slowness or slurring of speech, curving of the spine, loss of normal reflexes, and heart disease may also be present in individuals with Friedrich's ataxia. This condition is found to affect men and women equally. How is it diagnosed? Well, symptoms typically appear between the ages of 5 and 15, and diagnosing this condition involves a thorough clinical exam, which includes a medical history and physical exam to check for balance difficulties, absences of reflexes, or loss of joint sensations. Now, genetic testing can provide a definite diagnosis for Friedrich's ataxia. As far as treatment goes, there are currently no cures for this condition. However, there are treatments for many of the complications and symptoms that come with this condition. Like, difficulties in hearing can be addressed with hearing aids, and some accompanying heart diseases can be treated with medications. Finally, research is being done by the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke to better understand the mitochondrial defect caused by this condition and how to silence the FXN gene to reveal potential ways to restore normal gene function. Now, I'm so excited to welcome Hasitha Ulla, who's a fighter of Friedrich's ataxia. Hi, Hasitha. To start, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun or work? Uh, well, currently I live in Charlotte and I work in a HR. So uh, I just recently moved like some nine months back. And what I do for fun, I like to watch TV, obviously. <laughs> um, I like to write. I'm really expressive when I write. So I love to write. And yeah. That's cool. Um, Could you describe what Friedrich's ataxia is and what changes you've made in your life to accommodate for this? Um, So Friedrich's ataxia is a genetic condition 
um it's progressive as well so it's a neural condition and uh it de- degenerates as you go so like initially when i was like 10 i was diagnosed with frederick's ataxia and at that time i was walking but later on right now like i'm 26 right now and i'm pretty much in a wheelchair so that's how it uh degenerates as it goes so as it degenerates we have to accommodate accordingly and change our you know how we adapt and stuff so that's something we i've learned over the years oh that's sad to hear but i'm happy that you've been accommodating for it and um i hope everything works out well too yeah and i think us is really uh accommodative and inclusive when it comes to people with disabilities so mm-hmm. yeah that's always that way i'm happy <laughs> yeah um are there any mistakes that doctors made while diagnosing or trying to identify your condition um so initially when i went for diagnosis i was in new jersey i think so Uh, so I was in New Jersey and I had to like run around different hospitals and uh, because people didn't know what what's wrong so in the initial stages they thought it was ortho but then later they came to know you so it was a big confusion among all doctors and that's mainly because Frederick's ataxia is a rare disease so not many uh doctors would know about it and it's not really aware like with the doctors with the people in general so it took a few years yeah but i hope with um podcasts and blogs and the books you're writing i hope we can make it a more well-known condition so other people who may have it won't run into the same struggle yes um How are you coping with the disease and do you think you have a strong support system that is helping you? Um yes, I have a very very strong support system. My family, my parents, my mom, my brother as well. All of them are really supportive like not with the disability but also like um with other things as well. So mentally they're very supportive and even like when it comes to physical stuff uh they're very supportive so if i need any help physically or mentally i'm pretty much you know i'm like uh like i have a person i have someone to go with it so i'm pretty much like good to go <laughs> physically and mentally <laughs> yeah Yeah. And I hope that everyone regardless if they have any condition or not has a strong support system especially at home so they don't run yeah. into mental health illness or anything I like I think that's the number one uh like positive thing that's there that not many others I guess would have is the support system that I have. So yeah, that's I'm very really grateful. good to hear. Um are there any misconceptions or information you want other people to know about Frederick's ataxia? Uh so one thing kind of funny <laughs> uh with Frederick's ataxia is that uh we 
have like balance issues. So many people mistake us to be drunk, especially the oh. guys with FedEx Alexia. <laughs> like um and they drive and stuff. People mm-hmm. people have stopped them for drunk and driving. But well, they know it's a condition. Yeah. And uh even like in, in the airport, uh someone has been stopped that you've drank too much and you're going in slow flight. So that's like a very, very big misconception yeah. that uh people with Fredericksia have. I guess because I'm a woman, I haven't faced that many. So. That's good to hear. I didn't know that. That's a funny fact. Um, has society ever discouraged you for having Friedrich's ataxia? And if so, what are some ways that you have overcome societal judgment? Um, so, yeah, people have been uh, discouraging, like, with disability in general. Uh, many people are discouraging. So, like, for example, like, uh, when I was in when I was studying. So that's when uh, people would be like, uh, you would not be able to study efficiently because you know, you're in a wheelchair and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or if I go for work and stuff, like I've gone to multiple interviews and they would straight on my face be like, uh, you know, you're, you're in a wheelchair, so it'll be difficult for you to work. So it won't be possible for us to hire you and stuff like that. So these are people who are discouraging and people who have assumptions. But then I guess this has fueled a fire, I guess you'd say, to what I'm doing now. So it's a good thing. Yeah, I feel like there is a strong stigma still against disabilities in conditions like this. But I feel like it's our generation's duty to overcome this stigma and be more inclusive, Um, not just with disabilities, but also like everyone's different in their own way. And I feel like that's really important to showcase. Yes. And that leads into my next question. Are there any ways you're advocating for Friedrich's ataxia? I know you mentioned a book. Uh, So, yeah, people, you know, all these people that I've uh, faced, have actually caused me to become passionate about advocating. So I advocate online mainly. I have like an Instagram and then I have a blog as well for, uh, you know, people who can relate, people who have Fredericks ataxia or even like people who have disabilities, they can relate to, you know, the content or like stuff that I write. So that's the main reason I have that. And yeah, my book is all about disability. And that's like mm-hmm. one thing that I was happy to release because I'm passionate about writing and advocacy. So mm-hmm. together, it's just a book. Yeah, that's really good. You're advocating for this so other people may feel more comfortable. And I can't wait to read your book once I get a copy. Um, are there any specific ideas or messages you're trying to send out with your book and blog Uh, so uh, the major question that I get asked uh, from people because I'm in a wheelchair is that uh, 
how do I approach someone? Like, how do I approach a person in a wheelchair? How do I become friends or something like that? So people are really scared or like skeptical, I guess, when they see a person in a wheelchair. So this book is about like how to be a better ally. I would say allies and like, you know, a part, uh, partner, like helping, you know, like as a friend or like, so this book is just like, you know, a visual, visual, this thing. It visually shows, shows you how to be a better person to people with disabilities and it has a character. One mythical person in the wheelchair and one who's not. And so uh, people can relate to the person who's not and can like uh, understand how to be a better ally. So that's the main reason why. Yeah, that's a really good message. I know it's a children's book and I really wish I would have been taught that um, when I was younger too, because no one in school, no teachers, we didn't know how to communicate with people in a wheelchair. And I feel like that really builds a stigma against those people. And especially when we're not taught when we're little. And as we grow up, we're just like, not accustomed to it. So I think this book, and advocating that message specifically is a really good idea. And um, targeting elementary schoolers for this message is, I think that's really good. Um. Do you have any resources that you find especially helpful for other people who are facing the same condition, um, especially since this condition is kind of rare, so it might be helpful for other people who are undergoing this? Uh, so there's this one organization which, um, you know, cares about Frederick's Alexia and cures and stuff like that. It's like building a community and stuff. It's called Alfara. So it's an uh, online online uh, organization which uh, builds the community like different people with Frederick's Alexia and it also has like different clinical trials and stuff so it's an organization and it makes like events like four or five per year so well, people really can meet so it's nice yeah it's um, are there like in-person meetings for it or is it virtual now that COVID's there? Uh, no, it's in-person now, but I guess initially when COVID hit, it was all virtual. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, has COVID impacted your work or your life in any way? Um, I would say that COVID had a positive impact for me. Because uh, for me, work, going to work every day is very tiring for me. So right now, our work is doing the hybrid model. So we go to work like twice a week. And three days, we work from home. So that's convenient for me. So I would say COVID has a positive impact. Yeah, I see that happening here in Georgia, too. Like, Monday, there's no traffic. And then Tuesday, when I'm driving to school, it's just so many cars. So yeah. I'm assuming there's, like, work Tuesday and Thursday or something. Tuesday so. and Thursday, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Tuesday is the new Monday. <laughs> what message would you give to another young person who is diagnosed with Friedrich's ataxia or just any neurological condition that 
may make them unique? Uh, I would say that you have to take your time to heal. Like everyone has their own uh, pace and you should never compare it to anyone else. Uh, you should always, you know, take your time in healing and take, especially with like phatixorexia, which is progressive. So healing is never a linear curve. It's always like, you know, ups and downs and like curves and stuff like that. It's all over. It's all over the place. So, uh, you know, we should understand that and, you know, go with flow. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. That's really that's a good um, message because like not everyone's the same everyone's going to take different times to adjust and stuff so I think that's really good um thank you for being on my podcast I appreciate it so much I learned so much about Friedrich's ataxia and your experience with it and hopefully this will find its way to someone who uh, someone else who's going through a similar condition and may help them feel more comfortable or have like more resources and stuff so thank you Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you started a podcast like this. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.